This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. It's After Hours at that glamorous night spot, and we're taking it easy, swapping personal experiences. Let's listen in America today. Life but a party. Say something. I'm starting to believe ain't no such thing as heaven's trumpets. No after over, this is it done. If there's a heaven, you would think they let you speak to your son. Maybe she has in the form of a baby's laugh. I heard passing by in a stroller reminding me, hey, keep rolling. Oh no. Maybe she has with the prick of a blade of grass. I've been laying on way too long. Got me itchy, got up and roamed a little more. Miss Donda, you see my mama, tell her I'm lost. You see, she'd always light a cigarette. We talk, I would cough. Exaggerating a little bit so she get the point Trying to get her to stop smoking I would lead and fire up a joint Till I quit Started back up again 20 years Till I quit Hey man <laughs> That nigga Andre dog Ah that nigga's different man Welcome back ladies and gentlemen To episode 221 of This Week in Culture I am your host Ant Wood A.K.A. Trinidad And A.K.A. One Half of the Culture And I got my brother with me Jay What up though? What up though? It's your man Jay Johnson One Half of the Culture One Half of Everything What's poppin'? This week we bring to you the episode three review of Genius, man. The final episode of the three-part docu-trilogy um, by Cootie and Chike, man. Woo! Maybe. 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 Cause I heard they was doing some um, additional interviews. Maybe that's going to be yeah. for a different one, but I heard um, they was doing some additional. Maybe it's going to be like a, a epilogue. I know they did some with Biggs. I know they did some with Jay. Or I'm sorry, not Jay, Dame. Um and I I feel like it was one more person I heard about them doing. So yeah, it could be something related to it. It could be an epilogue. It could be a whole nother type of story, dog. But uh this episode right here, nigga, this was um it's crazy how and I'm I'ma try not to use the term crazy much during this pod because also have an issue with motherfuckers being called crazy, but it's just wild how um, the first two episodes of the trilogy were like, it was so like triumphant, inspirational, powerful. Like that was like the energy you was getting going into college dropout. And then nigga episode three just kind of took you on a whole different type of whirlwind, man. Uh, Nigga laughed, nigga cried, nigga was disappointed, nigga was mad, nigga was, back supportive it was it was a lot man um how'd you feel about episode three bro um i mean i clearly i enjoyed it yeah, um, yeah. i thought it was really good yeah um i didn't have any expectations for it mm-hmm. like, i was really just along for the ride and i Facts. really wanted to find out like how this story like because a documentary is telling a story yeah and i wanted to figure out how this story was going to end um i knew that it hadn't spent much time or seen each other or talked to each other within six years yeah. i wonder i wonder like how did that how did they reconnect yeah um what did like how did they 
I'm more important. I'm more invested like in their friendship. Mm-hmm. Like I want Nigga, people to be good versus the the parts that really had me hurt. Like yeah, clearly Miss Donda passing was like difficult. But like the parts that was like fucking me up was the parts where he was playing Chike like that wasn't his man or Cootie like it wasn't his man. And what? I was like, I was like, damn dog. Like then I then I also had to wonder like was he or was because like at one point he was clearly faded. Yeah, yeah, no, like, definitely but, drunk. But like, but it was it was to the point where when you see your man getting uncomfortable, like you got it, because like Cootie was doing like the the fake like I right, yeah. like all right, and even told him like nigga you about to get violated, bro. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. I, and I wasn't, I'm not joking with you, dog. Like, it's, <laughs> it's gonna, gonna be, be the death of me. me. Um, but it was, but and, then I then I felt Kanye too, because he was like, nigga, how you gonna have a camera on me when you know I'm fake? Like I'm drunk. How you gonna? Why you interviewing me while I'm drunk? It was also it was parts where it was just where a like, real conversation between friends, like things that yeah. really happen in real life, and <clears throat> because I'm trying to get footage for the doc, yeah, and I'm trying to big up Channel Zero, like I, I'm not using you right because yeah. we, but like I need, I want this interaction to go a certain way because I want to use this, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. aren't. I don't I don't know what you're trying to do. I'm just drunk as hell, happy as hell after the party. And it's like both people are like yeah. right. Yeah. And it so I think the documentary, all three parts, but especially part three, was definitely a, a live version of two things can exist. <laughs> like you you can you can have a nigga who's clearly wrong in some of the shit he's saying or the way that he's saying some shit. But you can also, in that same experience, acknowledge, yo, that man is dealing with some traumatic, fucked up shit in his brain. And he don't know. Like, this was a very, this was probably the most honest documentary I've seen in a while, dog. Like, and for Cootie and for Kanye, like, off top, I just want to say, thank y'all for even, like, putting some shit this raw out. Because this ain't have to come out, dog. I feel... The connection that Kanye had with his mother mm. is the same connection that Cootie had with his father. What is that? Yep. You know what yep. I mean? And it just shows you how two different people can deal with trauma mm-hmm. and deal with a, a, a loss of a parent, a loss of the loved one. And sometimes some trauma is big enough to cause a psychosis. Bro. And to, to change you. I had a friend have a friend mm-hmm. who dealt with a loss and it changed her mm-hmm. like for years yeah. it changed her um i didn't from the outside looking in i don't quite i didn't quite at the time understand it yeah because i know how i did well yeah well when this happened to me i sucked it up i yeah. got over it just kept going yeah yeah, yeah. and because I'm the author of my life. Everything I see through these lens is how how the world works. Facts. Why don't it work like that for other people? Yeah. But when you put yourself in somebody, when you attempt to put to yourself, put yourself in, other, in other, yeah. other shoes, or you you receive the information that they're providing for you, and you try to decipher it, it's like, yeah. yo, we're looking through the world through two different lenses, and the way that I would handle things mm-hmm. is not right or wrong. It's just the way that I would handle things or I could handle things. Yeah. Some people don't even have the ability to handle things how Ant would handle it. Yeah. Or how 
uh, Cootie would handle it yeah. or, or what have you. Um, you ever watch like, uh, I don't know, nigga, Kentucky Derby or some shit, a horse race where, where they, these motherfuckers is as close as they could possibly be going into the finish line. And then they say the phrase, when I'm finished by a nose, yeah. some shit like that. You got two motherfuckers going through the exact same shit, almost at the exact same time, but one of them finishes slightly differently. And I feel like that's how we all deal with traumatic experiences. You could lose a parent, I could lose a parent, he could lose a parent. All three of us are not going to handle that the same way. So I like how you worded that when you attempt to put on another person's shoes. Really, all you do is realize now you're just walking with two left feet, nigga, because you can't put my shoes on and tell me how I should deal with the shit I went through, nigga. And guess what? We only know about this one traumatic event in Kanye's life. Mm-hmm. You don't know about this man in real life. I don't, fam. Like, we, you, like I'm watching this shit with Shorty. She said I didn't even know his dad was in his life. Yeah, his dad been in his life for, for a while. For a while. Like, had some, clearly, he, he was, wasn't with his mom no more. So, that was a thing. But, like, Kanye dad been there. Yeah, like, as a star, he, yeah, he references been there. pops yeah. a lot. Um, but it's not a well-known thing because people... You hear Donda, 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 and more importantly, you saw Donda, Donda, Donda. So for a lot of motherfuckers, we on the outside looking in, but telling him what should be going on inside. What about the other people I lost in my life? Man, man, yo, but not even just that. What about the other experiences that I had while I still never recovered from this one traumatic incident that you know about? Currently going through a divorce. I get it, dog. The nigga saying and doing a lot of fucking shit online, and it ain't healthy. It ain't good. I have no idea if it's how real it is as well. Because that's a thing. These things always come about while he's promoting something. He has something to sell. Also. And what what I think is real funny is everything that a Kardashian ever went through in life that was serious as fuck. Y'all niggas said. Oh, they doing this shit for the show. They doing yeah. this for the for the whoa, 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 whoa. now that some shit's happening to her that y'all don't agree with. And I hey, and don't agree with it either. I wouldn't do this shit whether it was for the album drop or the documentary drop or none of that shit. But the fact that, yo, here's some shit that's keeping everybody's name in the media again. Now all of a sudden, y'all like, oh, this, this is, is the, this is terrible. This is but it wasn't terrible when niggas was making docs about what Bruce was dealing with when they was out here promoting what Rob was going through when they was ooh, ooh, he dealing with weight gain, weight loss, black China, black thing. And y'all was eating it up online and everything that got said, y'all niggas was reposting. That was abusive too, dog. I'm saying whatever the fuck is currently happening right now. And however he's responding, that's, that's a separate conversation. The convo I'm having is this is yet another thing that's going to fuck with that nigga's mind. Dog. You know what I related to in this doc hmm. was when this episode mm-hmm. is when Kanye was talking to those two white dudes. Mm. I don't know if they was on like a boat. Yeah, No, no, no. They were sitting outside the crib in, yeah, uh, in yeah. DR. Yep. And like, I've dealt with this when you, you go through rabbit holes, you learn information and, and you be trying to share that with the people that you love the most. Yeah. And when they not on the same frequency, they be like, yeah. they look at you like you crazy. That wavelength get different. Yeah. Like I've had conversations yeah. with people and they were looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I've, yeah. and people have had conversations with me and my brain like, no, what the fuck is this nigga talking about? So but like, I don't never judge it because I've been there too. Yeah. So it's like, yo, I can relate to that because y'all, y'all smiling and nodding because you don't yep. want to, you don't want to upset them or I'm going to piss him off. Um, but like, 
I've had conversations and, and like either mid conversation, I'm like, this motherfucker don't understand. And I yeah, let's switch let's switch the subject. And like, you know what I noticed in this episode? It was several scenes. It was the scene where he was talking to the two white men. It was the scene where he was talking to Gerard Carmichael. It was the scene where um he was just kind of in the car and Cootie's recording him and he's talking about uh fuck, I can't remember exactly what he was talking about. They were driving though. Um this before he got on the FaceTime with his dad. But it was several scenes in this episode where it was just like he was ranting. That's what it is. Like, yo, you can rant and it ain't crazy. It ain't Cause I mean I got a whole podcast, multiple. Nigga, that, I, that, I, that I just we get up here and we just talk, bro. Got a fucking it's, segment called "Whose Man's This?" Where I fucking rant every week. My nigga, I rant every day on Facebook, and y'all laugh at it. So when I get up here and I say the same type of shit on the podcast, don't act like all of a sudden I'm saying some wild shit, nigga. I'm doing nothing but clearing my fucking brain of all the shit that's in there, bro. And releasing, it might not register to you right I'm now. Releasing this energy. That's it. Once it's released. I'm good. The scene when he was talking to Rick Rubin and Rick Rubin said, I'm excited to see you. And that nigga said, yo, I don't use the word excitement. I use energized because excitement could still be something negative. You could be, you could see a new car across the street and run to it and get hit by a car. I give you a perfect example of a situation exactly like that. When I didn't look at niggas like they was crazy mm-hmm. talking to the twins. Say, yo, we don't, li- we don't use the word motivation mm-hmm. because one motivation is temporary. Mm-hmm. But two, you can be motivated to kill somebody. Facts. We use the word inspiration because you never heard somebody say, I was inspired to kill somebody. Yeah. I was, yeah. somebody got a motive for murder. A yeah, motive yeah. for this. Yeah. They don't have an inspiration like, for it. I was like, Hmm. Different way of looking at I'm it. A, I'm going to stop using motivation yeah. in that way yeah. or whatnot. It wasn't a, yo, this nigga crazy. Yeah. Uh, or yo, he chastised me. But when you walking on eggshells, that's how I know people be not real friends. Yeah. Cause I don't want to say nothing because if I if I say something to you, then you're not gonna fuck with me yeah. no more. And I need yeah. you, to, I need to be connected. You think to I'm you weird, somehow. you think I'm crazy, you think I'm this, so I'm gonna just shut the fuck up and let you think that I'm cool. Instead of really and I loved how the same way you just said how you approached that situation with the twins, Rick Rubin didn't say, Dog, I ain't even mean it like that. He literally was like, I hear you. I, I, I like what, I, I like how you said that. I'm looking at that differently now. Like I I get why you used energized instead of excited. And it wasn't con- was like I don't know, man. We tried to put the cups on him. He got excited and yeah, you know, excited. Cause, and it's like I I just don't think that everything that you may not agree with or you may not understand is a cause for confrontation. It's a cause for for cancellation. It's a co- like yo. Sometimes you just need to listen. Just listen. And even if you don't take anything from it other than, yo, I listened, I heard him, I still don't quite get it, I don't know where he come from. But that's what that man went. Just listen. That's it. Just listen. Yo, it's it's common that motherfuckers always, yo, we need to stop listening to respond. But then all niggas do is listen to respond. That's it. Like you listen to this podcast every week. So you can respond to yeah. some negative I, shit. I, I posted um a long time ago on Facebook, like, yo, shout out to the people who only, literally only pop up on my status when I say some shit you don't agree with. Say some regular, normal, hello shit. How you doing? How y'all doing? Hey, good morning, y'all. Any of that type fuck shit. With y'all pod. I don't see you niggas. <laughs> but when niggas want to tell you how much they disagree with you, they pop up like gangbusters, dog. And it's like, where do you niggas even come from? I didn't even know you listened to the pod. Now you got me thinking you only listen to object. Bro, I don't want them type of listeners, dog. And I know we can't control who hit play on our shit, but it's like, yo, I don't want niggas listening to the pod who only come in here to tell us we wrong. Nigga, we not coming up here to say we right. 
We just coming up here to talk, bro. Clear my thoughts, man. My nigga. And it was so many guess scenes. What? I may say something, and that be my thought on Monday, and I can have a totally different opinion by Tuesday, because guess what happens? Bro. Your mind changed with new information and my different nigga, perspectives. Every podcast we've ever recorded in 220 episodes, plus additional convos that we have in and out of this uh, studio, I've left the pod and thought a totally different thought. About the same shit we just discussed than what I put on the microphone, nigga. But I'm not gonna call Jay and be like, yo, bro, cue the mic back up. I gotta say this this way now. No, nigga, I said what I said. I stand on what I said. And when we come up to this pod, that's why I think with with this documentary, I was so engaged. Not because Kanye is one of my favorite fucking people of all time, but I was engaged because it's like, man, I know what it feels like to just be live recording some shit. And not have time to think about how perfectly you get to say it. Uh, what's so crazy? Uh, one of my friends, she, uh, we've been like, she know me probably better than a lot of people do. Yeah, um, twenty plus years, right? And I'll listen back to the pod, and I will think I said something that I did not say. Mm. Like we'll be having a conversation, or like I'll start saying the word. Like I'm about to say something, or you you possibly say something, or something comes up. But in my brain, I thought I explained that shit in detail. Yep. I never even I never even finished the sentence. Yep. And she's like, I can tell you's about to say something right yep. here. I'm like, damn, you're right because and in my brain, there. and you don't you don't know to go back because this shit live and I don't do no edits until Bro. well I did yeah, take yeah. a bunch of Will Smith shit out last week. <laughs> no, but, but like yeah. even so, you know what's funny and. We'll, we'll, we'll talk Bel Air later, but just yesterday I'm talking to one of my homegirls and uh, we were talking about Will Smith's book and she was like, I listened to the audio book and she, cause she had the physical right there. But she was like, I just finished the audio book. She was like, it was brilliant. And she was like, I went into it not really wanting to hear it because I hate w- hearing Will Smith talk. And I was like, what's wrong with Will Smith when he talked? Like what, what that mean? And then she said something that I was like, damn, I actually get what you think. She was like, Will Smith, and he even talks about it in a section in the book, when he does interviews and shit, he tries to say the perfect fucking thing every time. Every time. Every time. So it's a very slow cadence. It's a very thought, well thought delivery. And I get it. You want to think before you say some shit. But every interview Will Smith ever does. It seems it, fake. It, it seems it seems rehearsed. Yeah. It's very rare. And she was like, I didn't want to hear the audio book because I was like, I can't deal with Will Smith trying to perfectly tell me about his life and his career. And she was like, it shocked me because the nigga was able to just sort of go, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, instantly I knew what the fuck she was talking about. And when we get on the pod, when Kanye got Cootie following him for 20 plus years on and off my nigga, everything shit, fuck Cootie following him. Nigga, I'm Kanye West. Everywhere I go, somebody's following me, somebody listening to what I'm saying, somebody recording what I'm saying. It's not all going to come out right the first time you hear it, bro. You know, I, I had a, I got a new understanding or a idea of why he stopped having Cootie record him. Mm. You ever heard a conversation with Jay-Z? It was an interview with Jay-Z. You talking about how people be frowning their face up all the time and shit. When you look at somebody, like, what you looking at? Because you don't want somebody to actually see you. Yeah. yeah. Like you see the hurt. You see yeah. the pain. Now, if you got a camera shoved at me and you follow me, I don't want you to see me right now. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't even want to look at myself. Yeah. 
Like I'm I'm in a I'm in a I'm I am i am in a dark space. It's a real thing, dog. It's and a like real I, thing. And I, I don't want you to and and we know each other, know yeah. each other. Uh, so you gonna see me. And I can't I can front for everybody else in the room. Can't front for you. And I can't front when the camera is on me the whole time. Uh, can you turn that off? Nigga, not only can you turn that off, but yo, maybe you ain't going on this tour. Cause again, look at how Cootie approached everyone in this one episode. They stopped talking like six times, nigga. Five, six times. And every time it was a, a reuniting of some sort, Cootie said, yo, I just wanted to check on him. I just wanted to see how he was doing. I just wanted to see if he was healthy. It made me happy to see him happy. Yeah. If I'm around you and I know you that well and we as close as we are and I've been around you during some of your fucking most raw, before you had a thing, before you ever reached the level that you reached, Nigga, even with the cameras off, I still see you differently than everybody else in this room sees you. So you may not want me around, not in an offensive way, but in a way that, yo, right now, I can't deal with being seen, dog. If we And if we being honest, I'm your big homie. I knew you when you were 17. I was nigga, 24. I was 24. I was the man in Chicago. You was getting started. Nigga. You was there off one beat you did on one album. These niggas was talking to me. So, I've watched you grow. I've watched you ascend well far beyond where where I've gone in my career. And I've done some things in my career. But, nigga, you might feel like, damn, I don't want him to see me hurt. I don't want him to see me down. I don't want him to see me depressed. I don't want him to see me wilding. I don't want nobody to actually see me right now. Hey. I, you put on fucking uh, uh, disguises and you go out. You know, I got to be social. I got to yeah. do this. I got to do that. I don't want my brain. I don't want you to know what I'm going through, bro. Because if you really and again, Cootie being the the person he was and shit is in Kanye's life. Not only do I not want you knowing what I'm going through, but I know you being you, you're going to try to see what's going on with me. Like I can't front for you because you won't let me. And then like when he was talking to his dad, like oh yeah, this one of my best friends in life. We've been we've been friends since we was a kid, and that slipped out. Even that, did you see how that energy shifted when uh, Cody was like, "We got him, he good." And he was like, "Why you say that? My dad ain't seen you since you was since we was little kids." And then instantly flipped and was like, "Yeah, that's one of my best friends for like thirty years. He here with me now." Like I saw the the, the change when he was on the phone trying to get him to go through the paparazzi. Like, mm-hmm. yo, where my boy at? Yep, yep. I'm like, all right, man, because like, and he was happy to like. I have like when you see your man's and them. And they ain't been happy when you see people smile for me at least. Yeah, I won't yeah. say y'all or whoever, but like when you see people smiling, smiles are contagious. Facts. Like you watch a video. Facts. I mean, they got videos of people just smiling, and you smile to the. You just react to the video of everybody smiling. Yeah. Like it's impossible unless something dead inside you. Uh, for you not to smile at a a video of people smiling. Yeah. Like yeah. it just nigga all the little video little baby just smile. Baby can't even talk. They just sit there and smile. Nigga I'm smiling On fucking Q I'm smiling dog So it's And I just think Again on a A friend relationship On a big brother Little brother Big homie Big little homie Whatever the relationship is When you see your motherfucking man Going through something And you know he fronting To get by every day Man you know what I thought Nigga You know what I thought about I thought about Kanye While watching this episode Mm -hmm. Because I'll be honest I was not expecting to hear the 911 call. No, no, that's shocked. So 
on the very first episode of the doc, um, when they were showing Kanye in his mom in him and his mom's apartment in Chicago with the balcony and shit, and the scene with the hey mom, like when they were showing that on that episode of the doc. And then on episode two, when we got more of how supportive Donda was and how much she was in his life. I'm like, oh, she going down a third one. I was like, man, I hope they don't go that far into it because I'm not ready. Emotionally, I'm not ready. So when they got to it on this episode, it was already this episode was darker than the other two. So the tone was already darker going into that moment. And then we got the, they jumped straight to that 911 call. And this comes right after Cootie saying, Yo, I ain't even have a number on Kanye. It was the the scene at the Grammy party where he kept calling him Chike. Then he was like, after the Grammys, I realized I ain't even have a number on Kanye. Only time I talked to him was when Donda called me, Miss West called me, so I come take pictures of like family events and shit. Then she hit me up to come film the Kanye West Foundation when they was doing a uh, promo for that. She kept me in his life when me and him wasn't really necessarily talking or seeing eye to eye or just on the same page with shit. She still kept me there. And then you getting all this this energy. And then boom, the 911 call. Bro, hurt. And, so, and I never heard that call. Never heard that. Never, never. wanted to hear that, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, and Never knew it existed. Never thought about that. Yeah, never thought about it at all, dog. And I, I remember um, in 07, I was living in Atlanta. When it came out that his mom had passed, um complications from her her post-op uh of her surgery i felt bad for that shit bro i remember thinking back then dog like why was she 58 years old getting cosmetic surgery and then having conversations with people and just realizing like yo i heard it i heard a take i don't remember if it was my take or something i heard or but and and about kanye because Client, you paid for the surgery. Yeah, yeah. Um, for like to him thought it was like his fault. Mm. Like I got you out in Hollywood. Yeah, you doing all this stuff, trying to keep up with the with the looks of the Joneses. Yeah, yeah, because we and can like, keep up with the Joneses financially. Like I but feel like this is my fault. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's a burden. I don't bear, remember dog. where I heard that yeah. or if it was like a I don't know, but I I, th- I think about that like yo, that's, that's a lot to deal with. That's terrible. To carry that burden. And it's not a it's not a thing that's as simple as, oh, Kanye, this ain't your fault. It is not. It's not your fault. Fact. But it's not a thing where I could tell you this ain't your fault and you instantly feel like, oh, you know what? You're right. No, nigga, I'm carrying this because I got her out here. I keep my mom so close to the vest that she out here walking through Hollywood every day and feel like she got to look a certain way to be a certain, uh, to be accepted in a certain circle. And it's like, damn, dog. It make you think, man, we was happy just with the apartment with the balcony in Chicago, nigga. And I wonder, because through all this shit, he was going through all this stuff. Kim was, they was married. Oh, seven, they wasn't married yet. I'm not talking about when she passed. Oh, got you, got I'm you. About uh, later, and, and later on, on, I get you. Yeah, him still dealing with all his shit. Got yeah. you, got you. And she probably seen it a lot earlier than we did. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Four children later, though. Yeah. Like, so that must not have been like a a thing for her. Man. Like, or maybe I don't know. But like, I know she get a lot of flack. But like, yeah, I was dealing with this too. And so the ego and all that shit is one thing. I'm dealing with this. 
it's a lot on a person. Cause yo, I, and I again not to to bring up the the current situation with her and Pete Davidson and all that, but like when when the comments initially when they were first starting to date was coming out like yo. She literally just wanted to do simple shit like go get a slice of pizza, go you know watch some TV or whatever. You're like you can't get no slice. You of pizza. can't. Yeah, you literally cannot do basic shit. Yeah. But beyond, two of the most famous people in the country, in the world, you know what I'm saying, in the world. But what what it did make me uh, empathize with her for was like, damn. In general, in your life, you can't do regular shit. But when you dating Kanye, a man who's dealing with all the shit he's dealing with, and you have to bear that. Yeah, I think that's she, a lot, dog. What, what what was I don't know? I picked it up somewhere. It was like, yo, he's really, really great at grand gestures, but it's the smaller gestures that, that he didn't get. Yep, yep. Yeah. And that's yo, look at so beyond all the ego and and bravado and braggadociousness, it's still an insecurity there too. Yeah, because I almost gotta be over the top because when I was quote unquote normal, y'all fronted on me, man. So now, oh, that's literally. How I, gotta get on. I gotta be super persistent. The way I got into this game was taking, not taking no for an answer, My right? Nigga, the the moment that Kanye, because Kanye always, we talked about it two episodes ago on the first and the second episode of the dot. As much as he believed in himself, he always said that shit with a little hint of nervousness. Facts. It wasn't that he believed in himself less in the nervousness. It was. Yo, dog, I really want y'all to believe in me this way, too. Like, I'm not saying it to be arrogant. I'm saying it so y'all could maybe see it. I believe it, but because I know y'all don't believe it, yeah. I know I seem wild, and that's where that, 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 that. And the minute that I feel like that switch flipped was that first Grammy speech that, hey, they said they wonder what I was going to do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. That, I literally, because then when you look at the next Grammys, with the purple jacket and all that and the sunglasses and all. That nigga swag was a whole different. And it was like. Now, Cootie said, I'm like, yo, he said he's playing the character. <laughs> Man, that part literally said like, they turned the cameras on. Because once that Grammy was like, all right, nigga, this doc done. Let's get this shit out. Yep. And he said he like, ain't want to do it. I don't want yet. people to look at me that way. Nah. That's, I'm, I don't want people to see me that way. Man. And now. Yo, maybe this is the time where I, I stop bringing you around because you're going to see, I don't want you to record my insecurities. My nigga. Before, this many people wasn't looking at me. It didn't matter. Before, my insecurities was all I had. <laughs> now I got fans. Whoa. Now I'm insecure about my fans thinking that I'm that insecure, bro. Nigga, it's, it's a Jealous. very. I mean, it's a, a vicious cycle. It's a vicious fucking cycle. But you know what, dog? I think. We create insecurities and confident motherfuckers. Because the minute a motherfucker tell you how great they are, be shit, humble. <laughs> humble yourself. And it's like, damn, nigga, I wasn't unhumble. I'm not humble. Like, I mean, the definition. Like, yeah, the definition we, of humble. What we think humble means, yeah. it don't mean no, that. No, no, no. No. When, when I don't when never you look have at the word as humility and not humble, it start to make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus, no, I'm not about to have a low estimation of oneself. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think about myself lowly. I don't I don't think that way about myself. Now, that doesn't mean that you're arrogant. Yeah. But when we tell people to be humble, you don't know what your words mean things. Yeah. Right? And there's power in words. If you keep telling somebody to be humble, that's a bad thing. Bro, a motherfucker will tell you. It's, it's like, you remember in 2008. Per definition. Per definition. You remember in 2008 when Barack Obama uh, became president and everybody online was saying, 
Yo, now I can tell my son, my black kid, my black son, you too can become the president of the United States. I promise you I'm not joking or trying to be sarcastic. My thought in 2008 at that very moment when I was reading them statuses was you ain't been supporting your son and telling that nigga you can grow up and be whatever the fuck you want to be. You want to be the president? Yes, you can be the president. It ain't take Barack to make you be supportive of your son's confidence, did it? I ain't never needed to be a follower. No, son, you can be the first. Nigga. I don't need you to follow Nigga, nobody. But no, right. you didn't need to see Barack for me to to end. My cousin says she wanted to be a president of the United States. Just to, she used to say that when we talking about when we was like under ten years old. Yeah, like that was her thing. She's yeah. pageant like I'm going to be the president of the United States of America. Yeah, I never thought that shit was wild. I never, it never crossed my mind that that wasn't even possible. Yeah, I was oblivious to. I was ignorant because to, if that's what you want to do, who the fuck am I? Kids. And like I don't get why, but like. As kids, it's okay to support it and just, like, niggas would be like, well, they just, they kids. They say whatever. They say wild shit. But it's like, yo, as adults, why we just start shooting one another down, dog? You confident. You believe in yourself and all of us. Nigga, I'm not. the beginning of this episode, of episode three of the doc, the discussion between Kanye and Romfest, where Kanye told the nigga Romfest, I'm a genius. And Romfest said, who are you to tell tell us you a genius? We supposed to tell you you a genius. And then Kanye on the other was like, well, nigga, who are you to tell me I'm not a genius? My nigga. And then he the was nigga, like, nah, you not that yet. And then tried to son him with the, with the well, nigga, I thought you was a genius till we got in the studio with Jay and I saw him write a rhyme in five minutes. Now and I think that, you just, um, what did he say? Like, now I think you brilliant. brilliant. He was like, you brilliant, but you not a genius. And then Kanye said... Well, nigga, okay, he he did his rap in five minutes. Cool. Look at all the shit I can do. My nigga. <laughs> so look, no one ever says this, this whole statement. Yeah. Um, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. But a jack of all trades is still better than a master of one. Mm-hmm. No one ever finishes the fucking statement. Mm-hmm. Oh, you a jack of all trades, ma- master, master of none. none. Yeah. But a, a jack of all trades is still better than the master of one. Yeah. So if Jay only rap and I rap, and produce and paint and this and that and the other thing and my nigga he sat there on this episode drawing the fucking way he wished the Yeezy 700 looked <laughs> like yo nigga I don't like the chunky 700 here's what I wish it looked like I had no idea this wasn't in the doc yeah that during this time him and Virgil and him and them they was over yeah in Europe and yep. in France and all this stuff studying with Louis Vuitton nigga. and this and that. Like, they was over there doing the... Kanye himself. Yeah. Over there doing the work. Doing the motherfucking work, dog. Well, I thought the nigga was rapping on tour. We didn't know. The nigga went to school over there. Like, bro. Like, but it make... Again, it makes moments that we laughed at at one point actually have some motherfucking clarity. Like the interview with Sway. Where Sway's telling that nigga, hey, I put a few dollars into, you know, some t-shirts and it didn't blow up. And the nigga Kanye telling... Nigga... We laughed at the butter name Ralph though, and and what's the name of your clothing line? We don't know, but the shit he was saying in between them little sound bites was nigga, you tried to create a t shirt line. That's cool. I'm trying to be a fashion house, my nigga, and I studied and I went over there and I did that and I sat with Louis Vuitton people. Like it's it's like when I know what goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to tell me this fucking easy. Yeah, it's yeah. not easy, niggas. Is it's not impossible. But it ain't easy. And stop telling me that because I have money and maybe more resources than you did when you tried, that it should be simple as cake. Because I can, like, I mean, I can throw this shit on the guild and tea. Come on now. 
But then when I threw my shit on the Gilded Tea on the Life of Pablo tour, y'all niggas laughed. Yeah, because y'all fucking crazy. Y'all niggas laughed. Yeah. And it was A. I mean, I bought and resold all that shit because you niggas is wild. But when I did it the way y'all told me I could just go out there and quickly did it, y'all niggas laughed at the product that came out. But when I told y'all, hey, they not letting me in the room to go do this shit the way that I really want to do it. Y'all niggas told me I'm bitching and just go do some shit yourself. All right, then what you want, dog? Like, it, it can't be both, nigga. It can't be uh, go create your own thing, and then when I create my own thing, oh, it ain't good enough. But then when I tell you, yo, I actually have a good enough idea, but they not letting me in the room, nigga, quit bitching. You can get in whatever room you want. No, I can't. Then, to I add tried, salt in the wound. I tried and I couldn't. I tried and I couldn't. Then to throw salt in the wound, they let my man in the room. Damn. They let my man come in the room and do exactly what I just yelled on Sway 12 years ago about wanting to do. They let him come do it. Damn. That, that'll that strain a relationship, dog. But it's this documentary showed me, um, or this episode of the documentary just really showed me, we got to be careful how quick to judge people that we are. Like, we, we got to actually... Stop judging people in general Because who the fuck are we But like slow down on some of that shit Because I, I was reading on uh, On Instagram Or I'm sorry it was on Twitter Somebody put together a little thread I'm going to read a couple bars From the tweets She said finishing genius has left me With many thoughts and emotions Kanye is clearly a creative genius And I think because of the controversy Throughout the past years That fact has been overshadowed but what's importantly showcased in this is when mental illness meets fame, the circumstances are entirely different than when a regular person suffers from it. Because someone of Kanye's status, the power he has, the money-making machine he represents for countless people, and the idol he is to millions around the globe, it cannot simply he cannot simply treat his mental illness or just suffer in silence. There are people around him who enable him to keep the cash flow going. How then do you, you know? No, no, she, she started dropping bars. It's people around him who enable him to keep the cash flow going. Then it's the ones who won't be honest with him because they're afraid they might lose income or opportunities. Then there are those who idolize him to the point, no matter what he does, they'll tell him he's right. Even if he's in the middle of a clear mental episode, um, they'll tell him things that aren't true and then have him thinking, yo, if I got thousands of people encouraging me, I can't do no wrong. That could confuse a motherfucker and make me maybe not get the help or make me maybe not think that I need the help. But all that to say. What did we see though on the dot? Because that's the only thing. It was common calling him, having conversations with him, trying to check on him, a real person, not yeah, saying yeah. everything that you do is but right. But you know what's hanging. You know, with a nigga that big, pause, it's motherfuckers who hanging on every day who going to be like, Yo, now I don't, I don't know what the fuck I that mean, nigga going I can, through. I can assume that, yeah. but I don't know that Kanye got a, a bunch of people around him every day. I don't know that you can get that close to Kanye to be a hanger on to to, to you know what I'm saying. I I don't. I, when I say I don't know, yeah. I literally don't know. Yeah, he can yeah. be surrounded by a hundred people every Facts. day. He can be surrounded by yeah. four people. Yeah, I literally don't know. Rhymefest, whenever they even when when they publicly have they different spat, mm-hmm. he always there for him though. Yeah, like I can't say. Because he doesn't act the way I think he should act, then that means he's just surrounded by yes men. You don't. But I don't know who see, he's what her, around. What her point was though, like the doc can make you look at it and be a little more fucking empathetic to somebody of that stature. Because it ain't as simple as yo. If I'm having a mental breakdown, me and 
regular everyday Joe ass aunt. Yo, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna try to get some help. I'm gonna try to, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do the shit step by step the way that I need to do it. When it's Kanye, nigga, you can't even go get help without being your help is gonna be in the media. Soon as you go get like it's just it's a it's a different approach to problems that we all deal with. So I, I think it's crazy to fucking think that niggas is just supposed to turn around and deal with some shit like he yeah, everyday nigga off Chicago streets. But my personal opinion is yeah. this is not when mental health meets fame. This is fame. Cause the mental health Facts well, That's shit. why all your favorite Entertainers Go fucking crazy For a hot second well, That's why Martin Lawrence At the height of his career Is uh, running down the street Naked, naked with a gun hell, And saying yeah. I'm going to kill myself That's why The quote Dave Chappelle Mariah Carey get high on TRL And take her clothes off That's why that Britney Spears Goes like Everybody goes through this thing And And like this is little damn near exact quote was like, yeah. wow, these people are not str- weak people. Yeah. Right. These are the, the, the top of the top in their field. Mm-hmm. What is happening in Hollywood or in, in, in the causing quote unquote, that shit. causing the strongest people, the top of the top, the mm-hmm. 1% of the 1% to, to, to all of them have a breakdown. What's causing somebody as strong and as peaceful and as, as comfortable in her own skin as, Donda West to think she needs to go augment her body to survive among this fucking group. Like it's something going on, not fi- just in Hollywood no more. It's a five letter word, and we all know his name. It's not just in Hollywood no more, though. And it's now, not Kanye. No, it ain't Kanye. <laughs> I just thought about that. <laughs> but like, think about think about where we at in life right now with the internet and social media and shit. Yeah, what's causing all these young women? To just say who have literally no nothing wrong with don't nothing look bad on you that yeah. you couldn't find a, a fix for non surgically. And they go in the motherfucking Dominican Republican, they go in the fucking Columbia, they go into wherever the fuck to change their whole body, they face, they nose, they waist, they breast, they butt. Nigga, what's going on on the internet that's making y'all think this is it's something wrong with you? It's idol worship. Bro. But we don't want to call it that. And it's because of that five letter man. Like, I mean, we can. It is, it is what it is. You know what's even more fucked up, though? Is that we'll see some shit like that. That's clearly problematic. You young 20, 30 something year old women who literally your black has not come close to cracking. And yet y'all already going to fix some shit that ain't even an issue yet. But then when somebody says, yo, like, you you ain't got to do that. Now we telling them mind their business. Now we telling men, stay out of women's business. No, man, I'm trying to let a woman know you beautiful. I'm trying to let a woman know you being you the way you are is nothing wrong. You don't got shit to fix. And guess what? I know I'm not a woman. And I mean, I probably get bombarded with that a lot. But just as we talk about people who want to do self-harm and they say you know say something nice to somebody you never know how like maybe maybe there's a black woman out there that needs somebody to say hey i think you're beautiful just the way that you are nope because that's problematic because like i maybe that like i don't know if god put that on your heart to say Mm -hmm. i'm not talking about you out here cat calling and trying to whatever whatever like i don't know if there's a right or wrong way but maybe somebody needed to hear that that day yeah and like, and not in the the creepy nigga who trying to get on type of way. 
And maybe, just maybe, when you say that, you genuinely mean it. Maybe you're not trying to be in fucking women's business. Maybe you're trying to tell a motherfucker, dog, just be you as you are. Like, motherfuckers uh, uh, go from take me as I am with Mary J to, hey, I'm about to go have a surgery. Motherfucker, Delicious just told dog he was a liar. <laughs> delicious. Yo, fucking, your, your whole physical being is a lie right now. It's not you. Like, come on, dog. Call it what it is. Yeah, I ain't even going to get into that. That's going to irritate me. But my point is, like, it's shit going on in the world, not just in Hollywood no more. Because it used to be, Hollywood used to be, like, secluded in its own little corner. And you had to make it over there to be impacted by some of this shit. But now with the internet, you might as well be in fucking Hollywood. Because you going on here every day seeing these, quote, perfect people. And now you feel like you got to be one too, dog. So I was trying to think... Um Cause document a documentary is a story as well. Facts. There's only so many stories you can tell. Facts. And this was a Humpty Dumpty mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Um. And we saw and we uh, we like the underdog story. Love right. it. The reason that I think everybody thinks this documentary is so good is because we like the underdog story. We said one. We already know he, he quote unquote won. But we've seen the people get, you've seen them get fronted on, right? Because what this gives you is hope. That all those people who turn their back on you or keep saying no, as long as you keep going somehow, oh, he did it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. That that hope is there. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why we we enjoy this shit so much. Even if you're not a a fan of his music or his work or his personality or or his thoughts and opinions or who he did, whatever the fuck. You watch this and be like, yo, I think this is is a good doc because – it shows the, the 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 precipice of somebody on the verge of getting local celebrity. Yeah, to semi to 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 national to international yeah. to boom, and then he falls off. But it's, the, it's he falls off and has a great fall. Yeah, and then all the king horses and all the king's men, all his friends went and put Kanye back together, back together again. again. But it's it's wild because. We talked about this before. We talked about it with uh, Kevin Hart. We talked. It's mad, like, uber celebrities who we've talked about this with, where it's like, yo, when did y'all just start hating them for nothing? They ain't do nothing but succeed. Y'all loved them when they was done. We loved soul playing Kevin Hart when he constantly tells you that was the lowest point in my career because I had been in what's been repeatedly known as one of the worst movies ever made, even though soul playing was fire. But... In Hollywood, that was almost the end for me, dog. And y'all niggas loved me most when I was at my lowest. Now I'm a literal fucking cash cow. Everything I do is successful. And y'all hate me. And now I'm not funny no more. Everything I do is like, generally speaking, good, kind-hearted, and healthy. Man. This nigga trying to get niggas to work out. Be a chase. And Bro. Nike and and and, and bring financial li- like it's just a whole bunch of good stuff. My nigga Kevin Hart literally put out an affordable fucking uh uh exercise clothesline or whatever with his wife and niggas. I saw somebody say that fabletic shit cheap as hell. Bro, I'm trying to put out affordable shit for people who might not can go buy all Nike sweats and shit. Bro, guess what's the same shit? Same fucking shit. It's not cheap. It's just a different brand on there. That logo different, and now all of a sudden you think it's cheap. All this shit came from China, man. Come nigga. on, my nigga. Um, but it's when when you look at the Kanye shit, it's the same thing, right? Even with this documentary, 
Everybody love episode one. Huh, huh, underdog. I can relate. Because I've been an underdog my whole life. Well, nigga, I hope you come up. And when you do, I hope the niggas who supported you as an underdog are still there. Because motherfuckers tend to leave when you come up. Because now they feel like they you're not relatable no more. That's what, what I Kanye, loved about Cody, dog. Kanye didn't want Cody around no more after he blew up because... You did. They'd be like, "Yo, money don't change you. It changes the people around you." Mm. What's up? And and the people around you may think you've changed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't want you around. Record me because you're gonna be looking at me like I changed. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be acting like I ain't changed. Yo, that's a lot you, of pressure to, be, to, to let me let me stay down. Let me let me. I'm gonna ask you a serious question, dog. I'm dead ass serious when I'm when I ask. I'm changing as soon as the money gear. My nigga, that's exactly what I'm asking you. Why would you not? What is our motherfucking obsession with staying exactly the same when we become successful? No, let me tell. Let me keep let me your tell. keep your morals about yeah. you. The only thing that's really gonna change, I mean, because I mean, at this point, I'm I'll be forty next month. Yeah, facts. Uh, I'm 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 cool with who I am. Yeah. Uh, my circle probably not getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't say that because I probably be in a big in different circles. Man. I'm probably gonna change. <laughs> but that's the thing Like I don't get Why we look at that And automatically assume When motherfuckers get on And they change This is a bad thing My nigga If I go from This is me If I go from regular Ant today Making Amount of dollars And then tomorrow Nigga I'm the biggest name In the motherfucking world I got billions All my Jordan 1's Gonna be uh, off white now <laughs> My nigga Like if I don't change And here's the thing I don't need to change who I am, but y'all have access to different shit. Oh, yeah. I'm wild if I don't explore different shit. The fabrics that touch my body are going to be different. My nigga, dog. Like, I. My, the personal chef is going to be different. But here's the thing all you niggas that be like, oh, motherfuckers change. They get money. They get. Yeah. So then, when All Star Weekend came up, and uh, what's dog that played for Cleveland? They got the fucking fro. Yeah. Um. When he goes out on the court to do his interview before the fucking uh, All Star Saturday night shit that he was involved in. And then he wearing like a basic ass hoodie, some jeans. Like he was dressed to the regularist. Internet clowning. That nigga got all his money now. No, 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 no. Clown me. My nigga. Okay, he didn't quote change. Now, granted, hey, I'm also about to play in an all star game, nigga. You think my life ain't changed? It's completely different. But just because I ain't changed how I dress. And his hoodie is. Two hundred and ninety-two dollars, and you don't see the strings, you don't see the drawstrings, you don't see the, the you don't see none of this shit. And if this motherfucking hoodie was two dollars, fuck y'all, nigga. I'm gonna be regular. Like, they say, you think I, I worked this hard to stay the same, my nigga? But it's just it's that that age old adage of motherfucking like think about like the dope boys and shit that be getting hella money and then don't move out the hood, nigga. Why are you still there, uh, Leon? Um, so come on, dog. you see old pictures. I be seeing old. Remember the meme that started all the memes? It was the the Drake uh, look back like this meme. It yes, was like on yeah, 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 yeah. Go yep. look at that video. Them niggas look poor as hell in them clothes. Well, not poor, like, <laughs> but when they closed the the clothes, like at that point they was already stars and rich. Yeah. Oh, wasn't that video supposed to be like back in the day though? They was all dressed like back in the day. I feel like because like I watched that video recently, like, yo, this don't look like we know Rick Ross was rich at this time. Yeah, yeah. It Ross don't look like this Rick. version of Rick. Yeah. Cause yeah. he changed. Yeah. And not for the bad. I watch old videos of T I. 
Like in the round here video, yeah, yeah. you just got a polo, totally different. And like, and, and we big know ass you fucking Mitchell and Ness coat on and yeah, shit. Yeah, like yeah. you see the level of video and video, like yo, clothes change, gear yeah. change, but suits then tailored. It's wild because we'll say all this shit and then we'll also post a meme of uh, whoever the fuck, whatever rich black person or wealthy black person they choose that got on a bunch of chains and then whatever wealthy white person that's wearing a plain basic t-shirt and some shorts and say that calls a hell of a and and we say oh uh wealth you don't always gotta look the wealthiest to whatever the fuck the niggas yeah. be and it's like bill gates never wore a Gucci yeah bill belt. gates never and it's like bill gates nigga, got a fucking yacht <laughs> I would like, never buy a yacht. Y'all think that's a cheap yacht? Like, nigga, you th- you think he went and bought the Walmart yacht, nigga? No, he bought the Gucci of yachts, nigga. And you niggas on, uh, like, nigga, do you know this? Bill Gates <laughs> arrogantly fought the fucking government because he was like, yo, nigga, I'm gonna put Windows on every fucking computer, and now nobody else who makes a fucking uh uh um enterprise computer, yeah, like, yeah, now you can't do it's all Windows. Now what, bitch? Y'all think because Bill Gates is white and don't wear loud Gucci print shit that that nigga ain't out here stunning? Bill Gates ain't never seen Walmart. Come on, dog. (laughs) Even if he got groceries from there, he didn't know. Bill Bill Mark. uh, Bill Gates is not grocery shopping. No, 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 no. Let's say his maid, who he pays, went there because it was like, yo, Whole Foods didn't have no bread. No. Bill Gates bit into that sandwich like... That nigga Bitch, this is this a Walmart sandwich? Imported from wherever Bro, they make the bread. But it's bread just, at. it's it's wild because it's like, why are we so resistant to people changing when they get access to different shit? Like, my nigga, I, you should. What you know also is a thing. This is also a thing. Uh, I don't got to be friends with you forever. Facts. Like, I, I just don't have to. Yeah. We don't got to fall out. Yeah. We ain't never, we don't got to hate each other. But like, I'm not friends with everybody I used to be friends with. Yeah. Well, it's not that we're not friends. Yeah, but I, I just I'm don't kick in, it with niggas I the don't. same way. Yeah. I don't mean I don't love them, but I don't have to. I don't have to keep my nigga be with anybody. Life is gonna take you through twenty billion different phases, dog. At every phase, every stage, the people who was with you at the previous stage may not, not. be there. And if they not there, that don't make them a bad person. It don't mean that they fucked up. It don't mean that they did something wrong, did me dirty, and none of that shit. It might be, yo, I'm at a stage in my life where, nigga, this is where I'm at right now. And the people who you with may not all be able to come with you to the next stage. That's just what it is. Like, it's not it's not so much so that, yo, when, when I come up, I want all my niggas to come up. Yes, I would love for my circle to still be with me at every fucking highlight of my life. But, damn, some niggas might get there. And it might not sit well with them that I'm up. It might not resonate well with them that I'm up. It might not fucking feel good to them to see me doing well, dog. And if they feel like that, then no, they might not be at that next fucking stage. Like, nigga, like what we talked about last week on the uh, on the Bel Air review. Yo, that nigga will try to bring Trey into his, his new world yeah. to show him, yo, dog, look at what I'm privy to now. That just weeks ago I was not, and that nigga Trey said, "Oh, nigga, you not real, you not real. You ain't trying to come back to Philly. You ain't trying to leave this fucking billion dollar mansion and come back to the projects, nigga. No, I'm not. I'm I'm really not. Like I actually made it out. And yo, I hate that I had an opportunity that you didn't. But 
yo, you might not be in this next phase of my life because you don't like seeing me shine, nigga. So it ain't that I didn't want you to come up with me to this next stage. Nigga, you ain't want to be here. You wanted to keep me down. Crabs in a barrel, nigga. <laughs> like, it's a whole fucking thing. So what I loved about this, this documentary is you see Cootie, you see Chike, you see J.I.V., you see Common, you see d you see all these same niggas throughout the doc from episode one to three. Popping back up in and out of Kanye like, Cause yo these the motherfuckers that's gonna keep you grounded When the rest of the world don't really know so What to do bro Damn near everybody that was in the very first episode of Doc in the last in this. My nigga GLC been at every You've never heard GLC say a fucking word Outside of the raps That nigga been everywhere with Kanye Everywhere I've been at everything everywhere Nigga Cause at the, at the end of the day I'm still going to protect my man. Facts. Whatever he going through, whatever niggas feel about him, uh, whether I agree or disagree, while we out in public, yeah, I'm going to protect my mans. Yeah. That's how it is. I thought this was a great doc, man. It was wonderful, bro. Um, I, I also, again, I want to say salute to Cootie and Kanye and Chike, but Cootie and Kanye specifically because it was certain shit that they let us in on that we didn't need to be privy to. Um, Things like that 911 call, we didn't need to be privy to. Cootie telling us, yo, when I went back for Commons Music Fest, um, shit, I popped over to see my family. Little did I know that'd be the last time I saw my dad. He didn't have to show us that. Him having his daughter prematurely, he didn't have to show us that. His daughter grew up to be wonderfully smart, Thanks. by the way, bro. Um, and, and a beautiful young lady as well, man. But, like, he didn't need to let us that deeply into his personal life. And I be feeling like when people do shit like that, we don't appreciate it. We judge it. We scold it. We talk about it. Oh, nigga, we laugh at it. Nigga, the the, the scene where Kanye had the um political rally and then he started crying the abortion yeah, moment. Yeah, for sure. Nigga, we filmed that and fucking laughed at it and turned it into 20 memes. Dog. And it's like, one, did you hear the shit he was saying? But two, beyond that, even if you ain't hear shit he was saying, nigga, why y'all laughing at that man breaking down like that? I don't get it. Why is that funny and to you? This is after that we found out that he he legitimately had mental health issues, right? My nigga. Not the well, from what he said yeah, to yeah, what yeah. he told yeah. us. It's like, so what you think about what Kanye said? Yo, Kanye, he, he's going through some things right now. Nope, that ain't enough, nigga. He sat here on this dot. The scene that I was referencing earlier where he was drawing out like, yo, this is what I wish the fucking Adidas, the 700 Yeezy looked like. The nigga said, right now I'm 35 pounds overweight due to the meds that I'm taking. So when I look down at my feet, I want to see a slim shoe, nigga. I don't want to see this chunky ass 700. This is what I wish. And it's like, damn, nigga. I ain't never thought about that in my life. Like, yo, I'd actually like to look at my feet and see a slim fucking bird because I feel fat enough, nigga. The reason I love the Jordan One so much is when I look down at my shoe, I like that silhouette, man. Like that shit makes man. me feel good. Like yeah. so, every time I look down at my shoe, yeah. I want it to look that way. And if yo, if in the off chance that some nigga, I've been on steroids for almost a year straight. I almost can't lose certain weight, bro, because it's like, man, I'm still this shit is causing fucking weight gain. That's just what it's doing. But like it's I also like, all right, I gotta save my fucking lungs. I'm not nigga. mistaken. He went to he was in Chicago on GCI, mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, pan, uh he was uh, well, I forget old girl that's on the radio down there, Kendra G. He was like, I'm man of the present, yep. bipolar, yep. blah blah blah. He said this shit out of his own mouth. Yeah. This was short, shortly after all that. Yeah, all that. 
I'm like, so we can stop having a conversation about what do you think he said about this topic? My nigga. What do you think he said? I, I don't care. But again, it's a level of grace that we not extending to this black man for some reason that I don't understand. Because uh, as I was mentioning to you off mic, it's certain people who've gone through this shit and have exhibited all kinds of, quote, craziness. And nigga, we still support him and show him love. Britney Spears. Still supporting her. My right? nigga. Supporting her from day one, nigga, through the through the umbrella shit, the shaving the head, the Kevin Federline, the this, the that. We have never not supported her parents as well and taking her money. Always supported Britney from top to bottom. And her parents may be trying like, nigga, you out of control. I don't want to give you all your money because you're going to do something wrong with Man. it. And they, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a fan. Yeah, we don't fucking know. Um, but they made the, the parent out to be the bad guy. I don't know if they're the bad guy. Maybe they know their daughter better than y'all do. Maybe and, and and like yo, I don't think she's stable. So maybe we should be and the conservator over their account, so she don't do nothing well. Here's the other part. I don't know. Maybe they don't. But what I know is y'all have given her a level of grace that whether they do or don't, y'all have always said, "Yo, niggas, support Britney, rock with Britney. We rock with Britney. We support. We we got Britney back. Woo, 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 woo. Why y'all don't have a black man back? That nigga need motherfuckers to have his back too, dog." He need people to support him too through all things. Like we pick and choose what we be like. Didn't Keisha Cole go through something? Keisha Cole been through a hell of a lot. She lost both parents and her dog in the last like nine months, nigga. Like we stopped fucking with Keisha. When I say we, yeah, I'm not talking man, about me. Man. But like maybe we stopped fucking with her. Yeah. Oh, they was clowning. She was married to Booby Gibson. They was clowning. Bow Wow, nigga. fam. This your day with a Bow Wow. No, that was Sierra. No, I thought like. Keisha Cole might have dated Bow Wow. I know for sure Sierra did. But nigga, Bow Wow. <laughs> nigga, he an example. That nigga was y'all favorite mother. Y'all literally was on the motherfucker. I, I didn't make that up. I'm Googling this shit right now. Uh, Keisha Cole and Bow Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Bow Wow and Keisha Cole. Bro, motherfuckers was literally Bow Wow biggest fans y'all whole lives. And then at some point, y'all niggas was like, yeah, I'm not fucking with Bow Wow. Y'all called Omarion gay for a yeah, billion remember years. remember she bust his windows out and shit like that? Damn. What the fuck was that? Yeah, they was together for... But it's like, man. it's like I don't know what it is about black oh, he people. He tried to egg his car or some shit. That's oh, shit. Oh, I was... I don't know what it is about black people. <laughs> Bob Alder had Keisha Cole. Keisha Cole, Sierra. Erica Mena. Erica Mena, yep. His baby mama. Yep, yep. With future baby mama, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Alder got a little... Nice old track list. Nigga ain't doing bad out here with the ladies. They said, uh, "Why he so old?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he was a little bow wow, but like he he like 35 or something. Facts, facts. Um, you know what's wild is when we think like niggas like mad younger than us and shit, and then we grow up and realize, no, nah, that niggas about like a thirty four dog. Niggas about like a year or two behind. You're born <laughs> in eighty seven. Yeah, that that actually trips me the fuck out. Um, <laughs> like, that's wild. <laughs> Little Bow Wow shouldn't be thirty anything, dog. Maybe thirty, nigga. I don't like him being three years younger than me. That's not Soldier cool. Boy only thirty one. Though they only three years apart, why I feel like that Soulja feel Boy way weirder. And I felt like Soldier Boy should might be have been older. older yeah, like yeah, he should be older. Um, but dog, I oh shit, we got a voice note from uh from the guy Rob Silverman, third member of the pod, about hey, the Rob, Kanye dog. My nigga, hold on, dog. What's that? Soldier Boy thirty one. Facts. Lil Romeo was thirty two. Facts. And Bow Wow thirty four. Why it seemed like they are they too close in age to be? I don't know. I guess we were just introduced to them at different ages. <laughs> 
right, man. Let's see what the guy Rob's talking about, bro. This Kanye West three-part documentary was unfucking real. Uh, there have been a lot of great documentaries the last five to ten years. This is definitely top five. Uh, speaking of top, top uh, picks and ratings and rankings, I stopped listening to current music late 2000, like 2009, 2010. So I can't make uh, this judgment, but I thoroughly respect you brothers and Dane, the third member of, of your uh, triumvirate, opinions on modern hip-hop and what's been going on the last 20 to 25 years, especially this new millennium. 21st century, fellas, where would you rank Kanye as far as top MCs? And I'm talking, you know, uh, rating him, comparing him to Drake, J. Cole, Nicki, uh, Lil Wayne, uh, Rick Ross, etc. Where would you rank him amongst those uh, greats of the last 20 to 25 years? Talk to you guys later. Appreciate you, Rob, as always, bro. Um, I think the music that he makes put him top, top, right? Yeah. So at the top. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily know that. Well, I have no idea how he makes his music, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I know a lot of people get writing credits on his music. Facts. But I don't necessarily know how much they do. Because I, I've... I've we see how his recording process. We got glimpses of him. Facts, right? I mumble a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I know what I want to say. I know yep. how I say it, and then maybe someone else comes and and fills in a blank. Fills in a blank. Yeah. Um, when it's time for me to judge you against somebody else, excuse me personally. My judging thing. I don't know where to put it. I know how that music makes me feel. Yeah. Um, and I know where I, I hold that. Yeah. You know what I mean. So for me. And niggas already know when it come to yay, I'm biased as fuck. But just thinking among the 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 current crop of superstars of the the last, like Rob said, ten to twenty years of hip hop, not the Jays and the Bigs and the Pox and all that. To me, nigga, Kanye tops that list musically. Um, I might argue Jay in that list though. Yeah, twenty years ago, we in what two thousand two? Yeah, now, Jay dropped. was just beginning to ascend to Jay. Yeah, he just um, dropped two. I mean, but Jay if didn't if, if we talking with the people Rob mentioned, the yeah. Nickies, the Kendricks, Coles, and all Drake, I'm putting Kanye at the top of that list because of the bodies of work. One hundred percent. That's why I'm putting them up there. Um, and it's not nigga. We we know the Drake joints. We you ain't got to tell me and Jay shit about Kendrick at all. That's a fact. But. The consistency ain't been there for Kendrick. Well, he's consistently no, no, no. He's consistently put out great shit. Yeah, he just ain't dropped. It hasn't come out consistently. Yeah, it's like these gaps is like, yo, I gotta count that. Not against you, but just I. Right, well, right now, so in real life, he don't have multiple gaps. He got one long gap. Yeah, because. From 2012 to 2017 was five years. Niggas dropping what a year? He got four and a year and a half. He got four and five. So it's just that I ain't putting that that out. That long gap is impactful. What if I don't ever put no music out ever again? He don't have to. I'm goaded. He don't have to. You already one of them. 
And that's that's what when we had these conversations about like where niggas is ranked and and all that. What I don't like for people to do is to think that saying one person is at the top of that list, meaning anybody else on that list is like below them, beneath them. They not as good as no, nigga. We talking about the list of the best of the best, nigga. It's thousands of people, on my that nigga. List. When 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 the NBA comes out and says, "Yo, these are the seventy five best players to ever play basketball." And they rank them. Understand that being included in that 75, even if you were the 75th, means that you were one of thousands. Think about what it takes to make it to the NBA. Come on, dog. I'm better than regular niggas because I got drafted. Come on, dog. Shit, I'm better than regular niggas if I didn't get drafted and made it to the NBA. You know what I mean? Like I made it to the NBA, so I'm better than... Come on, dog. And then, out of all the better of niggas... Who got into the NBA? Yeah. I'm better than seventy. Come on, I'm 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 in the seventy five best out of every nigga who's ever played professional level basketball, bro. Look, man, I thought this doc was cool, whether you a fan of him or um, not, his yeah. music or whatever. I thought it just told a compelling story. Yeah, um, I liked the way it was uh, narrated. Yeah. I like how. Um, I thought the story, like Jay Ivy wrote the story. Yeah, right. Is Cody's daughter named Ivy after Jay Ivy? I, I told myself that in my head, and now I, and now I feel like he got to tell me because I want to know. <laughs> no, that's his middle name. Oh, shit. I think he said in his diet, oh, like, shit. he named his daughter after his middle name. Oh, shit. All right. I missed that. Because um, when okay. I heard him say his daughter's name was Ivy, I was like, oh, man, he fuck with Jay Ivy Heavy. That's his man. Um, Bro, the doc was beautiful, dog. I, I think that this was as honest of a documentary as I've seen in a long time. And I'm glad it came out. While Kanye is here. Yeah. Yeah. Man, his flowers. We don't yeah. have to wait till somebody passes away. Yeah. Or tw- 10, 12 years after that. Like, yo, yeah. give people their flowers and give um, Cootie his flowers because yo, this was a wonderful piece that they put together, man. Facts. Uh, Cootie put together something that took years to create. Shout out to um, Hoop Dreams, too. Mm. Inspiring, For inspiring this shit. Um, One thing that I I really want to say about this doc, man, is I think that it it did a few things Um, for a lot of people. I think it rehumanized Kanye and made niggas like remember, oh, shit, this nigga wasn't always a a egotistic superstar. Like, nah, this motherfucker was a young nigga from Chicago grinding. And guess what? You still don't know how much is real and how much is fake. Facts. Like you don't know how much of of me is on this podcast. Yeah. Like you don't know how I act in real life. Yeah. You don't know how the conversations that I have with real people. Um, we all are spectators yeah. watching theater. And this is our art when we come up here, man. Like we podcasting is still very much so, especially at the level that we're doing it, it's still very much so a creative outlet. And when you come up here, when you get behind the mic and you rap, when you create clothes, whatever the fuck you doing, you got to know that, yo, got to be vulnerable. As man. much as niggas might not like your designs, they might not listen to your pod, they might not fuck with your music. You got to understand that to do that shit at a successful fucking level, it takes time and it takes work and it takes effort. And you got to understand that I'm not doing it for you necessarily. This is my creative outlet. And your opinion can always be your opinion, but it doesn't change the fact that this is how I use my platform, bro. And it it takes some vulnerability because you open yourself up 
for others' comments and thoughts. Yeah, right? and it's like you literally you par for the course for niggas to talk shit about what you putting out, dog. We get every once in a while we'll get a fucking a uh, bad comment or rating on a pod, nigga. I can't take that with nothing but a grain of salt. Cause what I'm gonna do? Stop. Never, nigga. I'm gonna keep fucking going. I'm gonna keep grinding. I'm gonna keep posting. We gonna keep podding, and that's the fuck we gonna do. Um, I do think that with this documentary, uh, what they did was was really show people that you don't just fall into this level of success. Like, you got to work for this shit. Them first two episodes, we saw Kanye working unceremoniously to get to where he got, man. And I, I think that for everybody who thinks shit is easy, for everybody who think, oh, I'm going to just call you Jay. I'm going to go up there and go to Shop Talk and just start a pod. And by episode four, I better have $10 million. Like, nah, dog. This shit all requires work. And I think that this doc really showed that throughout, you got to keep fucking going, bro. You gotta keep working, you gotta keep putting the energy into this shit. Yeah. Well. Why would I stop? Why would I? Why would I? Why would I? I feel like we gotta end the pie one way though, man. It's really only one way. Hey man. Thank y'all for listening, man. Cody Kanye, thank y'all for putting this together. Chick J Ivy. Everybody, man. Episode 221, This Week in Culture. More life, more love, more culture, man. We'll holler at y'all next week. I know I act a fool, but I promise you I'm going back to school. And I appreciate what you allow for me, and I, I just want you to be proud. I want to tell the whole world about a friend of mine. This little light of mine, I'm finna let it shine. I'm finna.